yeah, that was a big Did decision. You coordinate with your shirt deliberately. Yeah, of course, to impress you and my blue eyes. <laughs> Hello, ladies and gentlemen. We're just <laughs> discussing size new blue glasses that match his shirt and his eyes. Hello. We may as well start it there, right? Yeah, okay, why not? Yes. Yeah, so... We're all friends here now. We're on what episode? We're nearly at episode what twenty or something by now. So we're all friends. It's gonna we can be. Just sit down, have a cup of tea. Come in, come in. Come in, join us. So, I uh, I I decided to get my eyes tested after um, uh, five years, <laughs> and because uh, my vision, what I thought was going a bit bit weird, and I have spent a lot of time uh, writing uh, up close in in lockdown. Now, the funny thing is, though, up it, close writing. That's what it will do it. I know. When I, that's it. That's another thing I was going to mention. Where, now, of course, you've got to wear the masks in the opticians, but that just steams up your glasses. Oh, <laughs> so it's good tip for that. It's a bit of tape across your nose stops it steaming up, apparently. Ooh, okay. Maybe I'll try that next time. Probably anyway, like so, medical tape or something like so that. Not industrial duct tape, <laughs> not super glue <laughs> over the nose. But I had, uh, yeah. So I, uh, so I went down for the eye test. I d- I've always thought maybe I've got a bit of an optician fetish actually from when I was a kid because I was always constantly breaking my glasses. As a it's child. just because it's the Sometimes only place. I- women look you in the eye yeah and they get really close to you and they're kind it of it's like, quite an intimate experience it is actually. yeah but yeah it wasn't quite the same doing it in a mask this time a little bit a little bit s&m i don't know maybe yeah <laughs> no, it's just sorry, adds a bit of kink right it's like it's like it's like uh which is like uh it's like, uh, what do you call it? Tina Turner. Steamy glasses. <laughs> That's not right. Wow. So they've told me that I've got these new ones. You can see they're blue. So I went no, a bit... People can't see they're blue. No, you can. But I trust was a me, bit... ladies and gentlemen, they're kind of purple. <laughs> I was the blue. I was a bit worried because I thought maybe I'm going a bit Christopher Biggins, Timmy Mallet from the 80s. But I thought, <laughs> hey, I'm old enough now to to, to wear blue glasses. You're old if enough I want. now to go as Timmy Mallet as you want. But funny, funny enough, so I've got very focals, which means you you can look through. You can you've got the reading bit down the bottom and the normal yeah. bit in the middle and stuff. Uh, and yeah, they're, they're cool. But I was, I thought they're going to be like trilobite eyes. I got really excited because trilobites, you know, had the best eyes, not the ones on stalks, obviously. Yeah. We're drifting into science here. Yeah, we are a little bit, but they're the most complex optics that have ever evolved. Space egg geometric uh, lenses, stereoscopic vision. I quite enjoy vision. the combination of words, complex optics. Yes, Sounds like yeah. one good word, complex optics. Complex optics. But yeah, they're not like that at all. You just, yeah. <laughs> unfortunately, I haven't got 360 <laughs> degree vision like a trilobite. But no, uh, not but, like when you were a kid. Not like when I was uh, a child. I remember having that 360 degree yes, vision. Uh, I tried to twist my head around and it came right off. The owl lady, they called me. Anyway, yeah, until it was. <laughs> We should probably start the podcast. Hang oh, on, I, one more thing. I got more. Just only because this is true. Now, sometimes I come up with material at the yeah. beginning, and I say I've been doing this on the internet, and obviously I've made some of it up, <laughs> unless I'm a complete deluded, delusional <laughs> lunatic, which isn't far from the truth. But uh, back in the old, there's a little bit of a headache though. Just sh- shortly, uh, we used to have a telepathy helmet that I that I um, constructed. In, on my kitchen floor. Asterisk may not actually be capable of telepathy. Yes, true. And uh, I <laughs> but just we got, don't know for sure. I just got married at the time, and my uh, and my uh, 
uh, prospective uh, mother-in-law came round, uh, and uh, I think she had a bit of a thing that she was hoping her daughter was going to marry some rich kind of, you know, entrepreneur. I don't know. Anyway, she came round, so she's walked through to the kitchen, and I'm sat on the floor constructing this telepathy helmet where I've spray-painted this builder's hat, and I'm sticking loads of LED lights I've taken out of children's toys onto it. And uh, and she was like, "What? what are you doing? And I was like, I'm making a telepathy helmet. <laughs> And she was like, but but why? And I was, and I was just like, what do you mean, why? <laughs> just because. Yeah. But that one that one was stored for many years in my auntie's garage. And when sadly, when I got to take it out, it it had days. It. I've still got some of the original bits. Um, I've re-spray painted them. Uh, anyway, so I've basically been constructing this telepathy helmet, which meant that I, I had to do a little bit of electronics. <laughs> Bearing in mind this thing's going on somebody's head, yours, Al. Yes, uh, probably. I, I, uh, I, I had to do these electronics and, and split the LED lights and put these things in to connect them and all sorts of things like that. But it worked. Was there, was there any soldering involved? No soldering, yeah. no. Just these... Uh, That's a shame. Yeah, there was snipping and connecting, uh, okay. uh, but it still works. It still works. But the funny thing was, with all the electronics kind involved, I could just see we were talking about maybe doing a section called headlines, and the headline would be "Man dies in telepathy helmet accident." <laughs> but then, but then this it would say underneath, "I don't know what he was thinking," says witness. Uh? <laughs> Very good. Very good. On that note, <laughs> on with the podcast. <laughs> Dream. Al Ronald's dreams speak whenever he's dreaming. He poses a question that his girlfriend can't answer. Yes, the what a beautiful voice of an angel you have. Okay, I say just put me in a box. My girlfriend says, why? And I say, ship me somewhere dark, wherever they have a pyramid. <laughs> I think that makes perfect. Does that not make perfect sense? It kind you of does in my yeah, head. Like, do you know I feel, feel like, like that, that now. Yes. Put me in a box and ship Put me, me somewhere dark. <laughs> damn box. Ship me somewhere know. dark. I don't know where the pyramid comes in. Okay, uh, actually, this this gets quite... This might have been a dark period that we're entering here, a dark period of dream speak, because the next one in the book is, I hate this century, which is very apt. <laughs> oh, <blimey. laughs> and she said, why? And I said, it's got no good stuff. I'm fucking sick of it. <laughs> okay. Well, I would just say, I think you've got a bit far there. I would have said, yeah, I think so, yeah. Decade, possibly, or year. <laughs> I think century's a bit harsh. Okay, Although, that's... to be fair, it's, yeah. had, it's definitely had more than its ups and downs. So far. So far. <laughs> okay, uh, this one's a bit more upbeat. I left something in a car. I got it and fired a hose in. She said, no, you, you didn't. I said, how do you know? And she said, because I've been with you the whole time and that didn't happen. And I said, it happened when I was a baby. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I, I kind of picture me as a baby firing a hose in a car there. I don't know. 
I just, I actually picture you just pissing through the window because I think a baby hose is definitely, is definitely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think you might be right. Yeah. Right. Here's the last one. This is an insult that you can use. You can take this one forward and use it in your your real lives. Sai, you know when yeah. you take over my bike, the guitar has a mouth. That's you. <laughs> it kind of makes sense, yeah. The, uh... <laughs> I can see I can see a cross between I can see your dream in your dream I get this actually cross crosses between objects uh with functionality so I can see a cross between a bike and a kind of electric or acoustic guitar maybe Mark Knopfler's guitar a bitar the, a bitar a bicar a bitar a bit I don't know Let's see the yeah. mouth that's you that is, yeah, the bit in the middle where the where the strings go is across. Is that the mouth of the guitar? Is that actually what it's called? It should be. Yeah, yeah I see. I, I think, think I'm picturing you. Mark Mark Knopfler from Dire Straits he used to have one of these uh, semi. Did he have a bike guitar? Comedy. He had a metal guitar. Always looked a little bit like a bike, and Did his he ride mouth it around the stage because that no, would be he, quite. He nice. used to have a glass sheet at the back of it, and he'd put his face through so that the mouth of the guitar was over his own mouth. Yeah. Because he couldn't actually play the guitar. So if right. you listen to any Dire Straits tune, what you'll it's notice kind is of like it just a goes kazoo. It, yeah, and it just goes bring ding ding bring a ding every dire straight song you can, can you remember you can't remember a dire straight song right now. i can i can oh uh, i love that one bring a ding love, a ding i love i love struck romeo's got a street serenade that's the one where the guitar is bring a ding bring a ding ding they all go bring a ding ding all of them do well that's the sound a bike makes and that's mark Knopfler's guitar bike mouth that i have yeah what about baby pissing in a car what a, what about it? Didn't Mark Knopfler write an album about that? I think that's a Dire Straits song. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll try and be quick. Oh, I, I think uh, I'm going to start it with you saying I'm going to try and be quick. Uh, so, uh, ladies and gentlemen, science turning magic into reality and back um, again. Yeah. <laughs> into magic look right now, science right, into lies don't subvert this and don't let me subvert it don't let me go off on some story about vomit or whatever it is, is this we patterns? are this is some serious science now we're, we're looking at patterns patterns remember, you say we finished on the honeycomb conjecture last time unless you edited that out bees know how there's the question right so now <clears throat> in science oh listen to this right yeah, I'm not. I'm it's, not gonna. I'm not gonna change the subject. I'm gonna just sit back. Look, I've got coffee here, ladies and gentlemen. I'm gonna sit back and I'm gonna let the scientist of the duo ooh, explain ooh. exactly. This is, this is called the snake in the mathematical grass. Patterns, you say. That's all I'm gonna say. I'm done. So the thing, the problem with science is that there's there's a total absence of intuition. You see, there's a crisp formula. There's a good set of uncomplicated working rules. Yeah, but if you complicated, you say I do. Yeah, but but think about it, right? He sprang from Archimedes. He got in the bathtub, and it was like, oh, all the water's clear. Eureka! Yeah, what about you? He sang that song, didn't he? Archimedes. Swiss splash. I was taking a bath. That was when the water went over the side. It displaced as my body got in. We were going for a crazy ride. Oh, in the yeah. best. I'm sorry, oh. I'm subverted it. Carry on. 
Sorry, right. Anyway, so, and Newton's apple. It fell on his head, right? Now, what about Blake? Okay, William Blake. Here we go. To Here see the world in a grain of sand. Okay? Right? In, world. We, in a grain of sand. There we go. Look at the Chinese you'd concept. Look, you'd have to look really closely. <laughs> what he's saying is you go in and in and in into the microcosm. It's you go out and out and out, yeah. and it also is the macrocosm and the microcosm. Yeah, but anyway, we're going off. You have to look really, really closely. Swift, Jonathan Swift, one of my favourite writers of all time, who did Gulliver's Travels, had a notion way back then in the 17th century, I think it was, of a big, fractional... Big, big pigeons, I think he did. Fractional dimensions. No, oh. no. Uh, fractional dimensions. Well, he did come up with Lilypot, Didn't okay? Didn't Honey, I Shrunk the Kids? He, that, that was that was later. That uh, was based on his books, I think. Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Based on Gulliver's Travels. Yeah, well, yeah. Is shit. <laughs> no, it wasn't. And, it was uh, based on from the sixties, where they shrink down and go inside the human body. Um, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids was based on Gulliver's Travels, definitely, was and really? so was uh, Land of the Giants. Anything with a giant. Anything with miniaturization yeah, is based on Gulliver's Travels. Just little people. That's a misnomer. You should know. And big people. Yeah, big people and flying yeah. islands. It's the mostly about big people and little people, though. Anyway, he had a notion of fractional, <laughs> fractional dimensions. This is what oh, Swift said. A little person could see the world in a grain of sand. Exactly. So naturalists observe a flea hath smaller fleas that on him prey. And these have smaller fleas to bite them, and so proceed ad infinitum. Fleas on Swift. fleas on fleas. That's it. And a handful of sand in the desert of perception. Okay, it's like a plastic scoop full of washing up powder in the laundrette of. That's of what I used to. It reminds the universe. me of the the sweet shop or the deli, uh, the delicatessen. Have a, a, I'll, I'll have a, a handful of sand yeah, you in the desert of perception. And they give you a and I'll, have a couple, and I'll have a couple of those licorice uh, shoelaces and, uh, and a bag of bonbons. Anyway, <laughs> right. In the so, world in a grain of sand. So we're going to look now. We're going to come here. We're going into chaos theory. Okay. Yes. In the are. mind's eye, a fractal. Now, I'm sure you've all heard of fractals is a way of seeing infinity. And it depends on how you look at it. Okay. Right. It's a, it's a hard habit to break. Okay. When you plan a journey... You think how long is a coastline? Don't you? You map you map out no, how long. Not, getting, not how every walk. journey, though. Not. I mean, that's no, right no, here. It's nice if you just go for a wander. It's true, but yeah. a coastline is infinite. Not uh, not like Brighton's not infinite. It is infinite. And as the scale of measurement becomes in a big smaller, no. As the smile as the as the scale of measurement becomes smaller, the measured length rises without limit down to atomic scales. It's called the Koch curve. Okay. If you keep adding triangles to a triangle, you get a star. Then you get an idealized snowflake. Then you get a coastline. Okay. But the paradox Wait. is you get an infinite length in a finite space. That's the incredible thing. You can make a coastline from a triangle. You could, yeah. If you're going to try it now, give me a sec. I'm going to. It's an idealized coastline. Okay? Yeah, I'm, so, drawing, a, so I'm you, drawing a triangle now. Triangle. Okay. Then draw yeah. a try. Then add triangles yeah. to the triangle to yeah, make a star. I've done that. Then yeah. add triangles to each triangle to make a yeah. snowflake. 
an idealized snowflake. Yeah, then keep I've got an idealized snowflake now. This... Okay, yeah, let's just do a thing to pass in time. I've got that now. Right. It's just, I, I, can you describe it? Is that a coastline in it's, any way? It's just a scribble. But it is still infinite in a finite space because it's if you not, went it's in. Just a little scribble. I could do a dog. No, because if you. It, a dot, again. No, a is, dog. It's an infinite length in a finite space, I believe. But you see, the thing about science is that it's based on approximations. Done okay. that one. Hey, that's the that dog. is a dog smoking a cigar. Yeah. This has got nothing to do with science. Sorry, carry on. Patterns, you say. Okay. So science, you see, is based on approximations. This is yeah. where chaos comes in. Physicists had learned in the past not to see chaos. Okay. That is the snake. Okay. What they wanted was solvable textbook systems to eliminate the possibility of chaos. Categories mislead us. How big is it? How long does it last? Who's getting a bit sexual there? Sorry. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's really not. These categories mislead us. How big is it? How long does it last? Uh, that's You're talking what she about said. chaos, though, right? Yeah, I am. Yeah. How big they, is it? <laughs> they, it's infinite. What, and how long? How long is it? How uh, long is chaos? It's an infinite length in a finite space. This is the great right. thing. If any anyone like does a, like a beach, you, yeah, you can say, look, it's it's an infinite uh, length in a finite space. But I'm wondering if this science segment is actually just enabling. In enabling your madness by madness, yes, it is. I'm wondering if, like, maybe we should have a... anyway. Carry on, right? Yeah, right. So, the categories suggest that these are qualities that can help classify or describe an object, they disregard messiness, right? That interferes with a neat picture. Now, has anybody here, nope. uh, no one can ask me apart from you, Al, read uh, Mr. Messy, no. Roger Hargreaves? Is right. it infinitely long? <laughs> no, it's very short. But oh. well, oh, I have read Mr. Messi. Mr. Yeah. Messi, okay, he's that lovely. I used to love him as a kid. He was yeah. one of my favourite. He's the Mr. messiest Man. of the men. He's the big scribble, like the one you just drew. Basically, yeah. he's lovely. He's all pink and scribbly, right? And then what happens? Mr. Neat and Mr. Tidy, they are the physicists. They're knocking on his door, and they want to come in. And what do they do to him? They turn him into that pink round circle with eyes and that's it he hasn't even got a mouth or anything yeah and he just looks it's awful um so yeah. i think there should be a mr chaos um mr daydream comes close well to there's mr. there's mr topsy turvy he gets close but it's still not he wears mr. his hat upside down i believe is that chaotic enough kind of yeah but mr mr neat and mr tidy they're knocking on the door. They're turning his hat around the right way. There are Mr. Right, Neat yeah. and Mr. Tidy are always trying to to have approximations to categorize everything. Who is Mr. Chaos? I think his there name... was a Mr. Chaos, but they locked him up in a in a, <laughs> in a rubber room, <laughs> and he name... keeps saying, "I will return." His name was Benoit B. Mandelbro. Not okay. Mr. Chaos. That is Mr. Chaos. That's not really as good as Mr. Bump or. No, no, he was called Mr. I'm calling him Mr. Cassis. Is he a Mr. Man? No, Roger Hargreaves never wrote this book. Right, hang on. We've I am picturing this entirely wrong. Right, there's, so there's a there's a Mr. Man called What was it? 
Mr. Chaos, and no. his real name is Benowitz B. Mandelbro. Okay, so picture this. You've got your kids, time for bed, and they don't want to read Mr. Messy because he's been straightened. They now, don't Man- want to Man- read Mr. Topsy-Turvy because his hat's been put the right way around. And they go, Mom, Mom, which Mr. Man are you going to read us today? And they say, <laughs> I'm going to read you Mr. What was Man- his real name? Mandelbro. Mr. Mandelbro. So, ladies and gentlemen, tuck up and Sai is going to read you Roger Hargreaves, Mr. Mandelbro. Mr. Mandelbro was very bored. You see, the thing is, he worked looking at cotton prices. Then one day, he saw a silhouette. A faint, unfocused image in a diagram that represented eight years of cotton prices. No matter how they were plotted, they refused to fit the standard bell-shaped modes. Well, this is very strange, thought Mr. Chaos. These flows of numbers are misbehaving. Naughty numbers, naughty numbers, he said. What's he going to do? it didn't work. He began thinking. Hang along. Clouds are not spheres, like they are in the rest of the Mr. Men books. Mountains aren't cones, like they are in the rest of the, mi- <laughs> the Mr. Men books. These are the shapes of classical geometry, but the patterns I'm seeing are different. Ooh, what's this? It's a clock ticking. It's a pendulum, the epitome of clockwork regularity. But no, don't you see? A clock loses time. Over time, small irregularities of friction and air resistance make it an approximation. What about a child's swing? Mr. Chaos sat on a swing and pushed himself off with his feet. It should settle down to a regular back and forth. But no, I'm pushing it too fast. It's become erratic. Small perturbations in one's daily trajectory can have large consequences. Maybe I should call it the butterfly effect. He went around to his friend's house, Mr. Lorenz. Hello, Mr. Lorenz, he said. Hello. Hey, Mr. Lorenz, didn't you say that small changes complicate what could be a simple linear equation? Oh, indeed. You came up with the Lorenzian water wheel, didn't you? Let's go and have a look at it. It's in your back garden. My pleasure. Come with me. Look, you see, if it goes too slow, Mr. Lorenz, it it doesn't settle to a steady rate. If it goes too fast, it reverses and slows down. It becomes unpredictable. (laughs) Ooh, if you use the data from that as coordinates, it, it forms a double spiral in three dimensions. The oh, don't you tr- be getting any ideas, Mr. Chaos. A point of crisis becomes magnified. I'm just going to make a quick phone call. You stay <laughs> where you are. I'll be back hey, in a moment. What about this rhyme? For the want of a nail, the shoe was lost. For the want of a shoe, the horse was lost. For the want of a horse, the rider was lost. Yes, for the want of a garden again. Yes. Was lost. For the want of the battle, yes, the officer, was yes. lost. If you could send someone round, that would be wonderful, <laughs> yes. Okay, that... no problem. Now, you must have heard Come the in. song. Yes, now. Mr. Chaos, he's back in the garden <laughs> pontificating in the elements of chaos again. He's doing what? Right, Mr. Chaos. 
you coming with us. Your Nick, we've had enough of you going about spreading your chaotic ideas around Mr. Men's Town. Can I sing my song? The tree. You can sing your song. You can sing it in jail. <laughs> no, but I was just about to come up with chaos theory. Well, you can come up with that in your own time. You'll have plenty of time to come up with chaos theory where you going, then Mr. Men Jail, along with Mr. Tickle because he's been round the school again. Don't forget a shape-signalling pure disorder, the Lorenzo Tractor, since no point of the pattern ever reoccurred. It's a new kind of order, a hidden organising structure, a pattern! Is it the... Patterns, you say? Is it, could it could be this the... be the fingerprints of God? Yes! Yes, Lorenz! <laughs> yes, it could be! Yes! Well, Sai, what a nice day we're having here at the well, Electric Head podcast, it's, it's don't something... you think? Uh, hang on! What's that on the... It's me, Captain Blubberhouse, and my good old matey pie. I'm Colonel Blubberhouse, damn. He often gets confused with the two heads and everything. I'm going to introduce myself again. It's me, Captain Blubberhouse. No, you're a Westermacott, you idiot. Don't you even know your own damn... Try that again. It's me, Captain Wester McCoy. And it's me, Colonel Blubberhouse. Lovely to see you, lads. How are uh, you? How are you all today? Oh, very good, thanks, guys. Yeah, Not yeah, we're too we're... bad. You know, though, I feel like uh, at least one of us needs a holiday. Get on board, you. Idiot. I got uh, it. Got a good authority that Mr. J. Morrison of the Door is doing a little concert in the past. If you fancy oh, coming along to have a watch. Did you? Did you you're going to go and see Jim Morris? This is not fair. Uh, this is fair. We can swap if you want, or do you really need to work on that helmet? Oh, I've got to get going on my telepathy helmet. Yeah, just tell yeah. me, tell me what happens. Uh, yeah, it probably won't be that. Say hi. Say yeah. hi. I'll go see him anyway. Climb I mean, I'd like aboard, to see him. Yeah. Climb aboard, Ronald. Right. Here we go. It's time to whip away, whip away. Through the door of time, that was through the doors of perception. Oh, there I can see on the on the planes. Is that it looks like giraffes? Yeah, that's right. That's the Maasai Mara. This is Kenya in the British Valley. Why are we here? Because all rock stars are reincarnated as giraffes, you fool. Everyone, look down there. See that one? Oh, the one with the big hat and the feather sticking out of it. Yeah, that's the Hendrix giraffe. Oh, and is that the Janis Joplin giraffe as well? The Joplin giraffe down there in the Afghan coat, yeah. It's got a lovely voice, doesn't it? Oh, it's beautiful, isn't it? Now, get down there, look. We're going to drop you off down there. See, nibbling on those shrubs there. Off you go, lad. Oh, right. Oh, that is a pretty looking giraffe there. Or is it a giraffe? I'm going to just see. Uh, Excuse me, uh, Mr... Jim? Hey, come into my womb garden where I peer out. See my acicone horns? Yeah. They're fused fused to my skull in which I construct a universe to rival the real. Okay, well, there's no doubt that you are definitely Jim Morrison because I'm losing my will to live already. Too Uh, weird to live, too rare to die. What's your name? Uh, I'm Al. It's, It's. Nice to meet you, Mr. Morrison. 
No, this is the strangest life I've ever known. Hey, do you it's like a... my do you like my chestnut brown star-like patches? They are very nice, actually. Yeah, they make yeah, I great camouflage in the light and shade of the acacia trees. They represent the universe. Oh, yeah, they, they symbolize the cosmos. That's right. Are they not just like giraffe fur? Oh, actually, no, you're right. They are just giraffe. You're just a giraffe, aren't you? Yeah, but hey, it's far better to live like a giraffe for a day than to live like a human for a hundred years, Al. Is it, though? Is it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, excuse me. Oh, I've I got, got an ant in my nose. Luckily, I have these very muscular nostrils. That's, yes. that's better. Oh, can I can I offer you some acacia twigs or some wild apricot, Al? I'm or, fine, thank or you. Or maybe a vocal collage. Oh, Wouldn't please, like actually, that? I'll take the apricot if that's okay. Hey, the umbrellas of Cherbourg, the never-ending brioche of love, the shepherdess moons of Uranus, my balloon of hope has been inflated. Dream puzzle. That's the... That's acceptably yeah. poetic. I'm never sure where my thoughts will take me, you know? All I can do is follow them. It must be a real burden. Yeah, well, it's 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 hard. Hey, do you, you know, do you like my 18-inch long purple tongue? Have a look at this. Oh, if you could not yeah. lick me at my eyebrows. I, I do like to have dry eyebrows when I'm in Kenya. It's great for grasping foliage. And look, I can groom and clean the inside of my own nose. That's, that is, yeah, that's a really handy skill to have. Why is it that everyone gets reincarnated as a giraffe anyway? Yeah, no, it's just the rock stars, Al. Oh, that's, I see. that's what that's I meant, you know, you and your peers. Why, why? You know, why, why, why do you ask the question, Al? I feel like I'm not going to get any I think like, solid got an answers answer out of Jim. You see, I've been working on a freeform epic song poem that oh. I... Amour de la Pivre. Uh, the love life of the octopus. Correct. Oh. Let me recite a little of it if I'm I may. I'm going to just take a set in the grass. I, I need to just clip my nails. Do you mind I, if I clip my nails I, while you... I... I, I, I yeah, okay. Clip okay. your nails. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Would All you right. mind uh, clipping my hooves? They need a little going Sure, yeah, I'll give them a little polish yeah, if you want. A little, little spit polish. I dreamt of a giant centipede. Square peg in a black hole. The time-traveling space dragon. Far beyond in the land of bamboozle. Bamboozle. Beyond the last enclave of sane brain's refusal. Oh, in the valley of the clueless, uh -huh. the octopus sings. But who does he sing to, Al? To you? Is it or me? Or to I? Yeah. Or the sun? Oh, okay. For the ratio of its circumference to its diameter is the pie in the sky. Great. Hey, well, your boots are nice and shiny now, Jim. They're looking great, but what's... I think it's a, it's a gunshot. Did you hear that? I think that might be, uh, is that hunters? Like, you're a giraffe, maybe you're getting hunted. It's the dreaded Texan trophy hunters. They ate Mark Boland giraffe and turned his beautiful coat into decorative cushion covers. Uh, wait a minute, you don't think they're gonna shoot me as well, do you? But sure, jump onto my back. Oh, okay, yeah, that's yeah. Like, let me just Hop climb on. up. Yeah. Do not be afraid, for my neck is a weapon, and my bullhorns are comeback ready. I can gallop for over over oh. the open grassland of 37 miles per hour. Well, let's go, Jim Morrison. Hold tight. Climb up on my neck it's and like play, my, play my horns like drums, Al. Okay. Play How's that. 
Yeah, that's it. They are a means of transport to distant worlds. It's a real sense of freedom riding you, Jim Morrison Giraffe. Here, look, we're going on a shamanic journey, Al, to the upper world. The cuckoo will lead us and seek out a path to the supreme deity. Can we go? Sub- can we go via a Morrison's? I don't like people mentioning that. I, I set up I set up the supermarket Morrison's as a, as a tax loophole. But okay. just keep keep that quiet. Nobody sure knows. thing, I'll just I, get back to playing these. Yeah, right. just keep playing and playing my horns. That's it. Oh, you must summon you summon your guardian spirit out. I love you, Jim Morrison Giraffe. Yourself. I never want to leave you. I feel so alive. You're growing spiral horns out, sizing into a water buck. This oh, is the greatest God. day of my life. What a spiritual awakening! Thank you, Jim Morrison Giraffe. Thank you. You got the everything. The master of bears who lives in the moon. Chat with me, Al. Lollipop head. Don't Win push your luck, Morrison Giraffe. Don't push your luck. I think I've had quite enough. of Minnie Mouse. Oh, shark barber. Tripe-faced fruit bat. Oh, obsidian washing machine. Mesmerized by the gently revolving drum. Come out. Finally, Come. you're starting to make some sense, Jim Morrison Giraffe. But I'm afraid I have to go home now. But I just want you to know this, Jim Morrison Giraffe. I'll ah. always love you. Oh. You've opened my eyes and you've made me uh, view reality for what it really is. And for that, I thank you. But if you could just launch me up to that <laughs> ship, I'll be going back to my home planet. Now sleeps the crimson petal owl, metamorphosized into the blue rose of forgetfulness. Oh, this is like <laughs> the to You're going to make me cry, Jim Morrison. Well, my friend. <laughs> If you could just fire me up, I, I hate long goodbyes. Just throw Be- me up. Beware! Ah, I love you! Never leave me! Climb aboard quick, laddie! Uh, uh, What's that flying giraffe, that cosmic giraffe following us? Uh, don't, that's, that's Jeremy. He doesn't want to leave me. And... Trilobites, oh, motormates and yodeling killers. Right, Al, Get you on. look absolutely emotionally drained like Elliot at the end of E.T. That is how I feel. I'm, I'm dead. I don't, I've got no way. Just take, can you take me back? You'll find me combing the hairy chickens of Oush. I just need to, I can't. Come, come on, lad. Come right. down. Let's Climb whip it. back, Colonel. Shall Let's we get him back? Time to whip back, whip back, whip back, whip back. Boy, daddy. Thanks, guys. I'm just going to, I'll see you next week. Hey, you, you realise that you've got the spiral horns of a water pack, don't you? Uh, that's um, something to remember him by, I think. Right, you've metamorphosed, haven't you? Yeah. Oh well, see you soon. Right, see you later, guys. Have no. a good week. Watch out those horns. Oh, Al, I'm just my telepathy helmet's looking great. How are you? Oh, you've got a tear in your in your yeah. eye. I'm a little, and, I'm a little, um, emotionally overwhelmed. So can you see? The- the spiral horns of a water buck. That must be your guardian animal, right? Yeah, you know, like, I've never really been a fan of Jim Morrison, but I tell yeah. you what, riding him across the plains of Kenya as a giraffe, uh, hearing some of his vocal collages right. as he ran, I, Anna, I, you... I came to realise something. What? He talks a lot of shit. <laughs> Thank you.
It's supernatural. See, I'm ready with the jingles these yeah, days. Yeah. Well, you supernatural. Here he comes in. He's wearing nothing. He's nothing. just a He's just a naked um, kind of shadow. Uh, supernatural. How could you tell I was naked if I was a shadow? Supernatural. What's that swinging about in the light? <laughs> it's his supernatural penis. Come on now. This podcast right. is going down a dirty Sorry. hole. Sorry. <laughs> right. Sorry. I'm going to jump straight into this one. This is... Uh, supernatural tale um, from uh, let me look at the date on this but it's from a very reliable source this one I don't know if you can see where I found this one and tell the viewers at home Yes Magazine this one is from Yes Magazine and does that still exist Yes Magazine I don't think it does I think this is a particularly old one but it's uh, funny there was uh, what was it because uh, Arthur Cravan the Dardaist performer uh, had a, a magazine called Maintenon, which is now. Imagine yes. Put- yes. Yes. No. Now. yes, yes, now. Yes, <laughs> now. Um, so this is... Uh, do you know what this reminds me of, actually? I just remember, I watched Men in Black the other day, which I haven't seen for years. Right, and uh, right, right. he gets all of his information on aliens from tabloid newspapers, which I think uh, is amazing, like um, Weekly World News and stuff. I like that. Well, actually, you know what I've got down here? Hang on. Hang on. You can cut this. Wait a sec. Uh, I'm not going to cut this. I'm just going to wait for you. So, uh, Sai is rifling through some stuff. What could he possibly be producing? It's got to be something quite spectacular. Oh, this this is dusty. I'm just getting the dust off it. I'm excited. I can see the dust floating up. It's going to be something incredible. This is a present for you. Is it? Oh, yes, I did get you that. The it best is. of the Sunday sport. The best of the Sunday sport. Now, so Not the you, sexy you... bits, the best bits. How, and the first page headline is, how to tell if your mum-in-law is an alien. Intergalactic exclusive. <laughs> okay, I think what we need to do is, if I've given you that book, is make the most of it. And I think maybe at some point you need to be reading out some supernaturals for Ooh. Supernatural Al to solve. Oh, well, I'll tell you what, you start with your one and then I'll I'll flip through and see the first alien one apart from your mother-in-law I come across and I'll... I'll... Okay, so the one I was going to read you, you ready for this? It is called Pterodactyls Over Texas. Oh, nice. So, Armando... This is a name, listen to this. Armando Grimaldo. (laughs) I mean, that... Armando Grimaldo described what he saw as something out of hell. That's something out of hell! <laughs> uh, as it swooped on him in the backyard of his mother-in-law's house in Raymondville, Texas. With a wingspan of 12 foot, a leathery black-brown skin, long-toothed beak, and terrifying red eyes, the flying creature tore at him, ripping at him with his claws and dragging him into the air. My God! Alerted by his screams, his family arrived outside and just in time to see the creature fly off before they took him to hospital where his story was laughed at. The next month, in 1976, 
three school teachers in nearby San Antonio witnessed the flight of a lizard-like creature with a huge wingspan. After studying photographs, they unanimously agreed they'd all seen a kind of pterodactyl which had been extinct for millions of years. Wow, listen, so you're going a little bit into the cryptid side of things, but yeah. could it be it's on the edge of the Mojave Desert, if I'm not mistaken? Now, that's a big expanse, isn't it? Could there be a kind of plateau, or could there be a hole into the, into the, you know, the uh, the hollow earth in which? You mean kind of like the uh, the Savage Land and X Men? You know, yes. the Savage Land where there's still dinosaurs and you know. I didn't like, know that, but I'm guessing that that's based on Arthur Conan Doyle's Lost World, right? Where it's the more or less. Yeah, yeah, yeah on which on which they live. Oh, interesting. I didn't know that about X Men. I've not read the comic books that closely. I'm I'm ashamed oh, to say. Messing out, oh, but yeah, the, uh, do you think it was really a pterodactyl? I think it was probably a neighbour in a in a pterodactyl suit, hang gliding. <laughs> yeah, yeah, hang glided though. You can hang glide down, so it hang glided down and attacked him, possibly because he hadn't returned the lawnmower. It seems or... strange to me that his family arrived just in time to see it fly off. You know just seems like movie timing rather than real life timing why yeah i guess that? but if you heard the screams you you'd kind of yeah but why did it leave its prey behind oh maybe it saw the family running out and it was like it was like i can't handle all these there's no well, way I'm it was texas so the children probably ran out with shotguns and rifles yeah, they're like yeah <laughs> <laughs> ain't no prehistoric beastie taking our daddy that looks like something out of hell <laughs> anyway, I don't know. Some goddamn just... communist! <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Teddy, Texans watching. We are referring to the Texans of 1976. The different and Texans. And also, some of you still, probably. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be honest. So, do you want me to quickly. I mean, we're I... never going to solve it, but if you have any ideas what that could have been, write in, tell us, because. I've... I still think it's the neighbour in a, in a suit, hang yeah, gliding. Probably. Anyway, what have you found in the best of okay, the Sunday? Okay, so I'm, um, I'm just, I'm going, I'm flicking, I'm literally clicking through it now, as you probably yeah, hear. When you read this out, shall I give you some different spooky music? Okay. Yes, please. Okay, so this is the book that Al gave me many years ago. And here I flicked through to the first alien headline, which is Giant Sprout from Outer Space Ate My Pal. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want me to read it? I would love you to read it. A giant green sprout from Venus turned killer when it beamed down onto Milkman Dave Smith's garden. <laughs> but the violent vegetable from outer space caused chaos in the cabbage patch where Dave was busy weeding. Chaos in the cabbage patch. <laughs> I'm going to do in this a... Like, a, like a film trailer. Okay. In an extraterrestrial orgy of destruction, the sinister sprout gobbled its way through a row of runner beans. No! Trampled all over his prized tomatoes, Not squashed tomato. his strawberry plants flat, and marched all over his prized marrows. Look, there is a picture of terrified Dave. <laughs> Do you want to see it? I'm sorry you can't see it. <laughs> yeah, Dave looks terrified. He also looks like he might be on a list somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> But why would, a, why would an alien come all the way from Venus just to break uh, someone's vegetable patch? What just to he, stomp what? on some cabbages? Dave says, oh, uh, oh, he didn't only do... <laughs> then the football-sized space fiend 
launched a horrifying attack on Dave's Baseball mate, Steve Jones. Yeah. Steve, Dave says, I was terrified out of my mind, admitted Dave, as he recovered from his ordeal at his home in Wigington, Tamworth Staffs. Oh, that's up north, isn't it? The pals had just moved into their new house, and Dave was clearing a wild, overgrown area at the bottom of the garden. There you go. Well, they, it's supposed so to be like it might have been an animal of some description, like oh, a says, rabbit or a badger. <laughs> I heard a rustling in the undergrowth, and when I turned around, there was this giant sprout jumping up and down like a space hopper. <laughs> was that a hedgehog? Wow. It was probably just a kid on a space hopper. Look at that then. Uh, you got your money's worth this week, folks. Pterodactyls over Texas and sprouts and where was it? Tamworth. <laughs> <laughs> We don't have a jingle for headache dotes, do we, Si? No, we don't. We uh, should do, really. Yeah, but we, we need to think of a tune that we can steal from somewhere else. Yeah, uh, we do. Nothing uh, rhymes with dote. Don't, don't. <laughs> uh, yeah, bloke, almost. We can get away <laughs> with that in a lyric. Coats. Should we, st- uh, should we just start? Yeah. <laughs> We were just trying to think of a jingle for this segment of the podcast. This is Headache Dotes, where we tell, I should reiterate, we These tell absolutely, true, absolutely true stories. 100% true. 100%. I should also add, uh, my girlfriend listened to the episode where I talked about dropping an egg on my face whilst trying to look inside the egg. And she wanted to make sure that at the beginning of the next podcast, I pointed out that I did it again later in life. Exactly <laughs> the same thing. And I'd forgotten about that. But uh, it's out there now. <laughs> uh, you damn fool! You ne- will you never learn? <laughs> so that leads to me doing stupid things has become a theme of some of these headache notes. So I will tell it has, you another. I love the Catherine wheel is one of my favorites. <laughs> I'll tell you another stupid thing that I did. Come uh, on! I think uh, I believe it was a Halloween party at um, my sister-in-law's house, and. Uh, it was a good party, you know, had a few drinks, just just general party atmosphere. We And to give you an idea of how fun the party was, somebody broke out some glow sticks and everyone loves a glow I stick. you were so. going to say glue sticks. <laughs> glue sticks, yeah. I was going to say, all right, listen, if you're going to sniff glue, don't try for a stick. You want well, the real stuff. Why sniff <laughs> glue when you can do what I did with a glow stick? Oh, dear. So I was having some fun with the glow sticks, you know, dancing around, probably playing uh, glow stick type games. Uh, at some point, unbeknownst to me, one of the glow sticks, a green glow stick, had burst. Um, and I felt like an oily kind of residue on my fingers, but I didn't, you know, I'd had a drink. It was a party. I thought I was just sweaty, pammed, or, you know, I didn't really notice. So I just carried on and it got all around my fingers over the course of the night. And at some point in the night, I must have rubbed my eyes. I must oh have, my. like, wow. getting sleepy or something, rubbed my eyes. And I kid you not, I started to see like a green glow on everything and i was sort of not surprising really (laughs) i was just sitting around and i thought that everyone was either haunted maybe this is why i now like ghostbusters so much because i felt like i was at a haunted party they were were lucky you didn't like whip out your um (laughs) oh yeah 
forgotten what it's called. It's not, it's not it wasn't that kind of party. You <laughs> know, <laughs> the Ghostbusters thing. A proton pack. A proton uh, pack, obviously. No, but I was sitting there and everyone was like, Hal's gone a bit quiet. And I'm like, I don't feel very good. And they're like, what's wrong? I'm like, I'm seeing sort of green <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> Nobody could work out what was happening. Everyone was like, somebody spiked your drink. Uh, yeah, there? I couldn't work out. So I got a really bad headache. And I went upstairs because I thought I just I thought I had a migraine, so I thought I need to lie down in a room. But the, the worst part is as soon as I turned the lights out, it just started glowing even brighter. So yeah, when I was trying to go to sleep, every time I shut my eyes, it was just like huge bright green radioactive color. Oh, this is like a science experiment. Because you wouldn't think you wouldn't think you would have actually done that, would you? Underneath the eyelids, you know, still so strange. Still had the impact uh, of the uh, retina. Wow. Really, really, you couldn't see it in my eyes. Like I was kind of hoping that if I opened my eyes in a dark room that my eyes would be glowing green, but apparently not. But I could just every time I shut my eyes, just green. Well, I guess, to be honest, you do get, like, phosphorescence under your eyelids anyway. I don't know if anyone's ever seen that, you know, you do, or if you put pressure on your eyes. So, so yeah, it's not surprising that even though the eyes were closed, you could still see the green stuff, which is obviously floating around in the liquid it's in your eye, stuff. right? Yeah, it yeah, was yeah. An unpleasant You know, experience. I think it's non-toxic, though. I think well, it, this is the thing. It's made out of bioluminescence of, or oh, they probably kill creatures in the making of, maybe. It's not chemical, no? Um, or is it? Immediately, everyone at the party, having heard what was going on, uh, was looking at the, for the box of glow sticks to see what was going yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. And it did say... Uh, Do not, not pour into eyes. <laughs> not, it did say not to get it in your eyes. Um, and it did say, if you do get it in your eyes, wash them thoroughly or consult a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a little bit of a panic so i ended up just putting my head in the sink trying to open my eyes in the yeah. water for a good long Hang time on. you don't think that this is actually like the incredible hulk maybe you know, yeah i can't see it has this changed you yeah it might have done yeah i can see uh on a different spectrum like chickens like a chicken so you could see on like a uv spectrum you can see uh Actually, I don't know if UV would it be green? No, not really. It's just, green. it's just bright green things. Only gamma radiation. Can you yeah. see gamma radiation? But it has made. It did say though that the glow sticks weren't suitable for for children under ten. So, uh, <laughs> there we go. Or, As, and neither eggs. <laughs> yeah. And then I came downstairs and dropped an egg on my face and poured some korma into an exercise bike. <laughs> <laughs> that just sounds like your average night in, to be honest. <laughs> that that was my glow in the di- dark eyes um, experience. I don't recommend it. No, Although I was not. kind of tempted to try different colours a little bit. <laughs> don't don't do it. Would be right. <laughs> well, so there we have it. it Another. Is, uh astounding episode of the podcast i'm sure you agree we've we've, yeah we've had many tales along the way it's been a real roller coaster of emotions this time i think we've learned so much we've changed as humans the story arc of this particular podcast was quite something it certainly was we laughed we cried we cried we cried (laughs) cried. Um, and we just (laughs) <laughs> right. let's, leave, let's leave the audience on a please on a on an up note as we sing oh, a little song. Oh, 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 oh.
Right, this is this the song, or have you got a song? <laughs> I haven't got a song. What are you crazy? <laughs> yeah, in that case, we'll just stick to the opera. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Until next week. Take care Thanks. of yourself. Hang on, it's going into Gregorian chant. Goodbye. That's a bit It should be more like goodbye. Take care of yourself. See you next week. Goodbye. Take care goodbye. Of yourself. Take care of yourself, you crazy kids. Get, Get out. out and tell.